Hello and welcome to a very special episode of It's Karmic with me, your host, Vika Bradford. Now, today I have a conversation that I don't even know where the hell this conversation is going to go, but you guys, I'm sure if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you have met my guest. If not, you're going to want to go back after this conversation and revisit the conversation with my guest today. But I have returning to the podcast, my dear soul sister, Nikki White. And I know you guys love her. (laughs) Nikki, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I have goosebumps already. Like I feel, I feel it. It's going to be good. I literally was like thinking about, I was recording all these podcasts recently. um, And then the last one I did will be the one before I released this one. It was all about like, um, the gift of death and rebirth. And I was thinking about, you know, people I wanted to have come on here. And I was just like sitting on Instagram and I was like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) your other Plutonian sister. Literally. I knew we had to have this conversation for some reason. So here we are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah, It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Pluto, my Pluto rising is going, Ooh. <laughs> me too, me too. Oh my gosh. And our eighth houses are like, yeah, on fire right now. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we're in Scorpio season when this is releasing. We, so right now as we're recording it, we are on like the precipice of Scorpio season. I think the sun's at 25 degrees, um, Libra right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just about to hit my rising sign and Ooh, your rebirth day, my rebirth, it would be 26 degrees. So it's coming. Oh, it should be tomorrow then. Huh? Okay. Okay. Before we go into this, you brought this up on Instagram the other day and I was like, what is she talking about? And like tingle, tingle. So tell <laughs> us before we dive into like all the Scorpio magic, I know we're going to land on today. Tell us about rebirth day. Okay, so we all know we have our regular birthday, right? It's when our sun makes a full return, hits the same part of our chart as when we were born. But your rebirth day is when the sun hits your exact rising sign, which then rebirths your first house. It starts your astrological year all over again. So it really is like almost in the way I see it, a more accurate birthday for you because it starts your first house. (sighs) I love this. I know. So exciting. And uh, I have goosebumps again. Thanks a lot of comfort today. Yes. So yeah, starting your first house all over again. And what's magical about this is going to be pretty much the same day every year. Okay. Remember that what's tomorrow, October 19th, if, if that's your exact day, it from the most part will be October 19th every single year. It'll shift a little bit as like the earth wobbles and does all of that mm-hmm. astronomical magic. But yeah, my mine was on the 10th. So I, I know that until I think 2046, it'll be on the 10th every year. Okay. And then oh it'll be God. the 11th. But it's just a really great day because what is so magical about it is think back to last month. Last month would be your 12th house. So if you don't like, like for me, I don't like Virgo season because it's my 12th house season. My year is ending. I'm in the underworld. And I, every single year I go, why the F can I get nothing to work in September? (laughs) Nothing works. I don't even think I made a dollar in September. Like I cannot make anything work. And then this year, one of my mentors was like, girl, it's your 12th house season. 
of course you're not doing anything right now. Of course you don't like it. Of course you're overly emotional and things are really hard. And now I've learned, well, okay, if I just surrender and plan my year around September not being eventful, I will be happier because I won't be trying so hard to make something work. Mm, I love this so yeah. much because yeah. like in my chart, whether if you look at it in whole signs, if it's Virgo in my 12th house, if you look at it in Placidus, it puts Libra in my 12th house. Um, but I always feel like in Virgo season, like I'm in such a mourning period. Although yeah. in that morning period, I'm in like a social period too. I think it's like that dichotomy of the 11th and the 12th. But I also feel like I don't get a lot, like a lot doesn't work necessarily in the way that my mind wants it to work. It's always a season of like, I mean, very Virgo to clean up, clear out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually always feel good when a, a Mercury retrograde comes into that season. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. well, at least I understand this energy. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think we had a conversation. I can't remember. I don't think it was on your podcast, maybe on a live where I had a vision that the Grim Reaper was actually Virgo because it mm. came in and just cleaned up all the things that like weren't serving me anymore. It was right. a very interesting mystical experience. Be like, oh, the Grim Reaper's here. Mm. Oh, I'm not afraid. Oh, and he, 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 she, whoever totally ignored me, basically just had a broom and just started sweeping around me. It's like, I'll just wow. take everything off. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> Virgo season is, I, I get it. And, you know, it's that dichotomy too of being a Libra rising is that everything is always the opposite of mm. everything. <laughs> everything is always both, both. Know, paradoxical. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. I freaking love this. So anyone listening, you know, go discover your rebirthday and mine's either going to be like tomorrow or the next day. It must be tomorrow. Cause we're getting so close to Libra season that or Scorpio season that it must be like around. It could even be today. I don't know. Uh, I'll tap into the chart later, but for anyone listening, just a whole new rabbit hole to throw at you. <laughs> it's the best one too, because it's like your legit, like restarting of your entire year. You're in your first house. Everything gets happier and, you know, a little bit more forward momentum you know, which always feels good. Nobody likes the, nobody likes to go backwards or down or under. It's a necessary part, but you know, it's always that fun, happy forward momentum vibes that are like so refreshing after death, you know? Totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. Okay. So thank you for sharing that. Cause I was like, like, Ooh, what is this juicy, juicy nugget? And I forgot to ask you about it. So now we get to share everyone this magical little rebirth phase. Yeah. And I think for everybody, sorry to interrupt. No, it's okay. I, the Venus is like, I channel and Venus is just screaming at me right now. She's like, don't forget my kiss Amy on the 22nd. (laughs) She's like, this is a rebirth day, like for everybody. She's just saying, so I Mm. think it's a really great thing to think about because it's Libra. It's 29 degrees. It's coming up. It's, it's all around this thing we're talking about right now, you know, like this rebirth. So, mm, but I love those what into the underworld after that. Oh, right? she sure does on our uh, solar eclipse on the 25th, which you guys would have already had when we were listening to this, but that, that conjunction of literally the moon, the sun and Venus all at two degrees Scorpio on the solar eclipse in, in Scorpio. So Ooh. Yes. 
Okay, we're getting there. Now we're moving into Scorpio. Now we're oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, you got some baggage. <laughs> Venus had to come through. She had to speak. And now we can go into the depths. Yes. So, okay. One of the main things I love about your work and guys, if you have not listened to the episode that I did first with Nikki about, um, the Rose lineage, you know, about priestesshood, um, please go back, listen, you'll learn her story. You'll learn, you know, why she does what she does, which we're not really getting into today, but she's going to blow your mind without her backstory. Today. <laughs> go listen um, after this one, because what I love about your work is that you are so esoteric and so like, like the stuff you teach is so occult and hidden and, um, you know, nobody's really doing what you do. No, like nobody's (laughs) what you do. And you bring this level of symbolism, religion, like you are like this myth buster and recreator here on earth. I love that. You are. I never thought about it like that. Thank you. (laughs) Almost like a myth buster for the divine feminine. Mm. And I just love like watching your channels birth things through. So when I was wanting to chat with you today, the stuff that was coming through was like symbolism of Scorpio. So that could be Pluto, that could be Mars. And before we hopped on the call, guys, we had to remind ourselves that Mars is a part of Scorpio. Like um, Mars gets so forgotten in Scorpio season as the traditional ruler of Scorpio. So, you know, we've got Mars conversations, we've got Pluto conversations, we've got Hades, we've got Aries. Um, So I want to dive in to like that kind of energetic force around this, the Scorpio season. Mm. (laughs) I'm writing notes as you're talking. So I forget to go back. Like, okay, go back. Yes. Okay. The other day, I don't even know. Okay. I don't even have trying to retap in. (laughs) I didn't quite get to the end of this story, but I bet I will speaking today. So I went on a deep dive on the origination of the glyph of Scorpio. Okay. And well, a little backstory is my guides came through like, I don't know, six, nine months ago, talking about the glyph of Virgo. And how that is very much related to the Virgin Mary, the M in Virgo. And then the side piece of the Virgo glyph is basically the Piscean fish. So it's, you know, the Mary bringing through Jesus, like that symbolism and how in Christianity, most, if not all, high holy days are actually astronomical days. So when everything's symbolic, right? So the Virgin Mary is symbolic of the Virgo in in astrology because everything is astro theoism, astro plus God, right? That's the, those are those words clinked together. Oh, there goes my voice. Mooney, <laughs> I want me to talk about this. All right, and then Jesus coming through as that, you know typical Piscean also bringing through the Piscean age, just as Moses brought through the age of Aries Mm. and the Mars energy there. So every 2000 years, every time we go through an astrological shift, we get a new savior, quote, quote, savior. 
mm. right? A new God that walks the earth. And you can track this back, you know, every 2,600 years or so, we get a new astrological embodied human savior on the planet. And so we're coming up to a point in time where like, we need another one, right? <laughs> we, need a, we need another one. But to go back to the Virgo thing, Scorpio and Virgo have very similar glyphs. So I was like, what's going on here? What is, what is the energy here that is, first of all, skips over to Libra? You know, Libra has its own thing. And then all of a sudden the glyph is back. What is that? How does that work? What's going on there? Um, and surprisingly, not surprisingly, there's not a whole lot on the internet about it. You know, most <laughs> people are just like, oh, you know, it's a snake. It's this, it's that. It's, it's um, I don't even know what people, people are trying to draw the, the cord between the maiden of Virgo and it being a maiden. And none of it makes a whole lot of sense. But what I am realizing is the Pluto, you know, Pluto has two, two glyphs, right? Pluto mm -hmm. has two glyphs. The one you use in your profile, the P and the L, mm -hmm. that's one thing. Mm -hmm. And the glyph that we typically use is the circle with the half circle and then the cross underneath. Basically, that's Mercury's sign. Mm -hmm. Just take, you know, the crescent and put it on top. So there's a lot of things here that need to be tied up. There's a lot of ancient knowledge here that doesn't have a place to live. So what I feel like we're all doing here is we have conversations like this is that we're like being the detective that Scorpio wants us to be and start <laughs> pulling all these pieces together again so that we know why we're doing what we're doing. That's my big thing in my, in my work is like, why are we doing what, what we're doing? Like, if I am going to sit here and read your astrology chart, let's, for example, do I really understand what I'm saying? Do I really understand what it means when your moon is like, what does the moon look like in reality in your chart, right? When I look into the sky, do I know that the moon is first quarter when I see your chart? And it, it's all of that astronomical knowledge. I feel like that got lost when science tried to unclip astronomy and astrology and make them two different things, one being bad, one being the only, right? Like mm -hmm. astronomy is the only way. Yeah. But ancient times, they were the same thing. There was no astrology back then because astrology was astronomy. So anyway, this is, this is the, <laughs> the channel that's coming through today is the glyph. The glyph wants airtime today the Scorpio glyph and maybe possibly the Pluto glyph. Um, I wonder what you think about that M and the little pointy tail. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, everybody's like, it's a Scorpio stinger. And you're like, but if you look at the stars, the head is the pointy part, mm. right? If you look at the constellation, the arrow is actually where the head is. So it being Interesting. a stinger doesn't make a lot of sense to me fascinating yeah it's like I've never written I've always been fascinated by the symbols and by alchemical symbols and it's not a dive I've done yet but I've been so called to do it that I'm obviously being confirmed today to start doing it, it <laughs> um, and I've been you know lately I've been studying the like occult with uh, a beautiful teacher from sacred anarchy and I've been going mm -hmm. into so many crazy depths there where I'm just like 
nothing is what it seems. So when I'm looking at that, I'm like, I have literally no idea. And I'm almost like mad at myself for never questioning. What is this M? What is the tail? Like, you know, when you think about pop astrology, you can take a minute, like rewind yourself back from who you are now, who I am now. And you'd be like, well, it's like a like a little, little devil's tail, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. Scorpio is like the little devil, right? Yeah. But it's so much more than that. So yeah, like what what are they what are these? I want to know what the ancients were thinking then, you know? Mm-hmm. And I like I said, I haven't had a a great like culminating thought on any of this because I also think none of it's wrong. I think the mm-hmm. devil tail makes sense. I think the Scorpio stinger makes sense. I think even that the maiden M, the M that stands for the Virgin is also a part of this. And mm-hmm. I have a lens on the world as like a high priestess lens where lots of things are actually feminine that we've made masculine. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean that it is the only truth. It's just one uh, perspective or dimension of it. So if we think about the M with the tail, we might think this is the priestess of kundalini the priestess Mm. of sex magic right if she if all priestesses were technically virgins basically meaning sovereign women that's what Mm -hmm. virgin means or what it used to mean if we take the m standing for sovereign virgin and that sovereign woman is now in scorpio season she's going to know sex magic. She's going Mm -hmm. to know Kundalini. She's going to have that awakened or it is all of our opportunities to have a Kundalini awakening during Scorpio season or when the sun hits your personal, you know, uh, eighth house kind of thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or Pluto or something. Yeah. And like, it makes me think of just so many energies around like when I think about my favorite energies, like Persephone and like, you know, Lilith and these energies that are very deeply scorpionic in their nature, like they are painted as one thing, but they're always another, like Persephone is painted as the maiden and she is the maiden until she has to like get her own stinger, right? Mm -hmm. She has to get her own, um, sharpness. She has to get her own ability to protect, to, um, it's like she had to create or learn or awaken to her own power. And that little like stinger could be the power and Mars yeah. we know is power. So that's just what's kind of rise me. too. Right. Like, cause that's part of Persephone's story is to rise mm-hmm. and that, that upward pointing arrow yeah. is, is all of it encoded in there. It's the power she learned through owning her own stinger, which then helped her rise again just like a snake in Kundalini rises, right? Yeah. This is, and, and the M could actually be a snake. Mm-hmm, totally. You know? And the letter M, like I said, I haven't remembered all of my research that I've already done before I forgot, but the letter <laughs> M in Egyptian is a very important letter. It has to do with the moon, it has to okay. do with the number 13. It has to do with the goddess. So then letter M and the stinger may also have this connection there with yeah. the priestess or uh, divine feminine energy of gaining power, personal power, power in relation with other people, 
mm-hmm. you know, other people's resources, that kind of thing. And the rise that comes once you really have that awakening of internal power. Yeah. 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 And like, even when you bring up the moon there, like what is the moon, but the unconscious, like the hidden, right. And what is Scorpio, but the, the, the hidden and what is Pluto, but like another octave of the moon, right. This yeah. like deeply psychic, deeply, deeply, um, subconscious energy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love recently that I've been doing is taking all the planets and allowing them to be the opposite gender that they are. Mm, I play with them a lot too. Yeah. And so this M can also stand for Mars, right? Because Mars is the owner, you know, of, of the the original owner of Scorpio, right? Mm -hmm. The original ruler of Scorpio. So what if Mars was really Venus's anger, Venus's, Mm. you know, sexual energy? What if Mars was really the divine feminine's powerful rage? You know, what Mm. if it was all of that? I, I learned the uh, a little bit ago that I have uh, my Venus star point is is Scorpio. Okay. And so what it does, you know, is basically take the the anger of Mars, but in Venusian form. Hmm. Fascinating. So that, yeah. So like, why couldn't Mars also be the rage, the divine rage of the feminine, just like Demeter had for Persephone? Mm-hmm. she she went ballistic you know <laughs> she she is not just the like oh I'm the nurturing mother she raged she did and I always try and remind people like if you want to study astrology study mythology because people get so caught up with series being like this oh she's about this and la 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 but like do you forget what Demeter actually did mm-hmm. because that woman like raged on the earth, destroyed Destroyed. the earth, destroyed the earth without a thought in her head other than fire. Just I want what I want. Yeah. I want, I want what I want. Like that is divine feminine rage. Right. And it it does speak speak to a very moon octave of um, reaction rather than like, like responding. Right. Um, And so everyone that like speaks to Ceres being this beautiful energy, I'm like, you've got to remember that every energy has its high octaves and its low octaves. So your Ceres might be la la la, it's so lovely, but it also is the energy that could absolutely destroy if it needs to. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's really interesting. And again, the dichotomy comes up of like high octave, low octave can live together. And one isn't necessarily bad or good Yes, because one's a little bit more pleasant. Doesn't make it the good one because (laughs) think about how many times you've walked this earth being a people pleaser and how detrimental Mm -hmm. that was to you. Absolutely. That is also a (laughs) Yes. Thank you. My Libra rising for making me, you know, people pleaser for most of my life so far. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, who's to say like any, anything on one end of the spectrum on one extreme is not going to be good yeah. if even if it is the, the the better, more happier quality, right? The easier quality. Hundred percent. It's the balance point, right? Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
so diving into that, even thinking about the fact that like Mars in, you know, they always say like Scorpio is, um, Aries, like higher octave, or they sometimes will say Pluto is like the, and like when I say higher octave, I don't mean like the bad or the good right now. I mean, like it on crack. Um, so some will say that, you know, Pluto is the higher octave of Mars, AKA, you know, Pluto is the more intense, more passionate, more, um, everything that Mars is. So we look at Mars and we say, okay, Mars is passion, drive, desire, sexuality, um, all these things, anger, rage, Pluto is that like on crack, you know, it's the un inhibited that's the word I'm looking for Mm -hmm. version of Mars even though Mars is already uninhibited yes (laughs) I yeah I do I love that and I was just pulling up my esoteric rulers because I really always find esoteric astrology such an interesting layer to layer on top of traditional or western Mm -hmm. astrology and how Mars is the ruler or you know they have several octaves octaves as well and esoteric astrology like the more uh, I guess for lack of a better term enlightened you are the the higher octave you go and then all the rulerships change Mm. but on a very basic level you know Mars still rules Scorpio and Pluto rules Pisces which Mm. to me makes so much sense right because Neptune and Pisces and and that under the sea you know Mm -hmm. right but yeah that Mars energy that wants what it wants. It does what it does. It sets fires when it feels necessary. These are all parts of the human experience. You know, mm-hmm. they're just because they're slightly rougher energies doesn't mm-hmm. mean that we all don't have rage or anger or a sex drive. Yes. It ends up being things that we suppress. Mm-hmm a lot from my experience being a woman, you know, we suppress our anger because it makes us not cool. Mm -hmm. It makes us difficult. It makes us all these things societies, you know, made us into when we act out quote unquote, you know, Mm -hmm. hysterical. (laughs) Yeah. Hysterical. That's a great one. Hysterical for being hysterical in a past life. Right. And we just think of the energetics of the word hysteria and hysterectomy and how like it's so linked to literally them, you know, saying the a feminine creature is crazy because of their uterus. It's like mm. mm-hmm. interesting. Lord, yes. So Lord, interesting. <laughs> and I always say to my Aries people, especially my Aries moon people, um like sacred rage. You have to remember not to turn it off, right? Um, because Aries people are taught often that they're too much, that they're, you know, or Mars, Mars people, Mars rules people, Mar- people's Mars in the first house, people with the big Mars signature are told, and Scorpio people, they are told that they are too much, right? Shut it down. Yeah. You're too much. Too intense, you're too passionate, you're too all over the place, whatever it is. And then you think your rage is wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? When it's mm-hmm. truly it's sacred rage. Yeah. And it would actually, if people would learn, you know, boundaries and forgiveness and all the human qualities that we don't have, you know, mm-hmm. currently, that rage is actually really healing for other mm-hmm. people. Yeah. 
Yeah. But with people all being so uptight and in their own little boxes, other people's rage is too uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to shut you down. When in reality, that rage can actually create massive change in this world. Yes, 100%. Yep, 100%. I'm a big believer in becoming human. Like mm. I, all, all the people that are in our world more likely often than not are star seeds, right? And they are spending many, many hours of their day not being a human. They're going mm-hmm. high and they're up in the clouds. And the only way we get to do our missions here on earth is if we learn how to be a human 100%. We need to learn all these emotional things and we need to learn how to deal with other people and all in a healthy way so we can start making some bigger change here. But if you're stuck in people pleaser mode, for example, you're never going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. if you're stuck in another type of mode, because there's a mis- misfire happening with what you're supposed to do with that energy, mm. you know, uh. instead of suppressing it or whatever it is that you're doing with it. It's hard because other people's rejection make it hard for you to be who you are make make it hard for you to be human Mm -hmm. and I love that you brought this up because I posted that story yesterday asking what your favorite planet was and you posted earth (laughs) and I literally was like yes because we ignore earth all the time, all the time, right? It's such a disassociation that we're here on earth and we're like, so hyper-focused on every other planet. Mm -hmm. I remember when I I started diving into astrology, I was like, well, what does earth mean? Right? Like what is earth? And there's not a lot of information on earth as like a player in your birth chart. Yeah. Because that's kind of the lens we see things from, right? But we like have to remember that it's a planet too, and it has a frequency too. We all know it has the Schumann resonance. We all know it has like, we get to be in tune with vibrations or not. Um, If you guys have dived into like hermetics and, you know, um, sound frequency and how the earth, you know, literally vibrates at a particular frequency that birds sing at, that trees vibrate at. um, And then we forget we're here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's that's the starseed sickness I talk about right oh it's gosh. like it's we we forget and it, let's just think about it in a sh- astrological terms for a second Pluto is only in your let's say I don't know first house because of where earth is literally your whole literally. chart your whole Every chart single thing that we see in our solar system is from our perspective Mm -hmm. the moon is x amount full from our perspective the Mm -hmm. venus is in the underworld from our perspective because she literally doesn't dive under the earth and over the earth it's from here oh yeah it's us yeah it's earth (laughs) it's literally earth and that energy that we have to you know, remember, I don't know if you've ever looked at your heliocentric chart instead of your geocentric chart. That will tell you exactly where Pluto was in terms of like, if you're going to look down on the solar system, you'll see that Pluto was really probably in, I don't know, fucking Gemini when you were born instead of fascinating. Yeah. Instead of Libra or Scorpio, um, depending on how old you are. Literally every single thing we do in astrology is because of where we are, mm-hmm. unless we're looking at the sun centric chart. In right. that case, the earth has an energy. Like my earth, mm-hmm. I pretty, I believe my earth is in Sagittarius. 
Okay. So then think about it. Actually, most of my planets are in heliocentric. And if you think about it like that, that energy also has a really big quality to be embodied here. It's just another layer. It's another dimension or another perspective on a way to understand the energy of you and your soul. Mm. And it's just incredible that the earth energy we forget like earth is manifestation <laughs> you know earth is is magic it's it's mm. all of this it's all the esoteric stuff it's everything and it's uh an energy we have to remember that yes we might be syrian or yes we might be lyran or, or palladian and we're earthlings mm -hmm. just like my dogs are earthlings Mm -hmm. And my dogs might be Syrian too, you know, <laughs> but we're all earthlings and there's such an importance to grounding into pure humanity, which is to learn how to be all these things that we haven't been taught, how to mm -hmm. deal with rejection, how to be who you are, you know, all of these emotional qualities that just our society doesn't teach us. It's the most important thing we can do to, to exact our missions on this planet. Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. You can't use human tools or, or earth tools if you don't understand them. You know? Literally. And like <laughs> everything we receive here, all the esoteric knowledge, all the like things we look at are only in existence in this place as earthly experiences, right? Like if yeah. we we um, disincarnate and turn into the primordial mush of whatever we are, go into the cosmic womb, whatever we do up there, like those, those things don't exist in the same way, right? We're not like right. up there, like looking at alchemical symbols, I don't think we're just, we're just in a, a different place. And so those things only exist here. Yeah. Right? On yeah. earth, all yeah. the, like all the symbols, all the entire experience is only here. And we'll only be able to, even, even if we, we are star seeds or our souls that also live on other planets, we will never be able to get the perspective that a human can have unless you're human. Yes. Because become. let's say the, I don't know, I forget who, but I don't know, the Anunnaki came and gave us astrology. They told us about the astrology tools, but unless we're human, we're not going to really be, uh, be able to experience the astrology. Mm -hmm. like that's the difference. So it, it's really important to be super grounded in your humanity. Mm. What does that even mean? And have we been human before? You know, really, truly, has humanity been human before? It's mm, a great question. And are we moving into that because it's the Aquarian age and it's the humanitarian sign? Hmm. Or will we disconnect from it more? Question right. mark. Question Technology. mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I love this so much. And then like, what a good um, segue there as like, we talk about Pluto, you know, cause Pluto, everyone's freaking out about Pluto going into Aquarius next year. And I'm just mm. like, 
guys, like it's nothing to, it's nothing to freak out about. It's, it's a shift. It's going to be intense. It's getting, it's Pluto. It's going to be intense, but it doesn't matter what sign it's going literally <laughs> like just pick one. It's going to be intense. Pick a house. It's going to be intense. Like it, it doesn't matter. It's Pluto is going to be, intense, I personally so. can't wait because uh, my Pluto is 27 degrees Libra. So right now in this exact point in time in this life, it is a little bit hard. So I'm ready for it to be like, Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, do something else, please. Man, I feel you as it's like exact square, my rising, the last exact that we're yeah. going to play with um, at 26 degrees. And, but then I know that it's going to go over my, um, my IC and my MC at two Your degrees. South node too, right? At some and point my, south, north, yeah. So I have two degrees. North node, so two degrees is my IC in Aquarius, and then my North node is six degrees. So I've got some time for that North node energy, but then it's also going to be opposing my Midheaven, and then my obviously my South node too, and then eventually my Moon and all my Leo stuff hit, hit, hit. Mm. So I'm just like sitting here, like okay, yeah, you know, okay. Um, so Pluto, let's talk about because the two different signs of Pluto is interesting. When um when I wanted to put that one in, in my Instagram, I wanted the original glyph, like not original, but like, you know, the traditional glyph that you think of, as you mentioned with the, the, um, I have it right in here, my tattoo with a little like circle and like the, I don't even know, chalice. And then, you know, the, the cross. Right. Um, and so in this, in, what I'm slowly learning about symbolism, cause it's fascinating. is like, I know the cross is matter. Mm-hmm. Right. I think the circle is, oh my goodness, you probably know much better. I would just, I would make it super simple is I would make it the sun, the moon, Mm. and the earth. Interesting. Earth, right. So if you look at earth in heliocentric, it's usually a circle with a cross in it. Okay. And what else has been, you know, a circle cross situation is, I forget the name of it, but that thing that Christ always carries around that globe and it's got a cross Mm. at the top of it interesting yeah it's very uh, I forget it has like an exact name I'm not I'm not exactly uh, a Christian person (laughs) I forget what it's called we're all learning slowly the globe Jesus carries what's Mm -hmm. it called um the globe globus cruciger the cruciger that makes sense okay that means cross Mm. Mm -hmm. and it's a globe Mm mm-hmm basically a globe with it's the opposite of the Pluto sign flipped ah fascinating Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah that Pluto glyph really embodies spirit subconscious and matter together Mm. on Mm. earth yeah Pluto is the all really the be all end all of everything and if you look at it in the esoteric way he's the last ruler he's if right. he rules pisces he's the last one so he embodies that hero's journey from aries all the way around the globe to, to pisces, pisces. that's interesting because I, I haven't dived into dove i don't know um gone into esoteric astrology yet it's, it's on my list eventually but i haven't gone there and a lot of my work is like a lot of downloads you know similar to you a lot of like channeled information um but whenever i'm working with pluto and i talk about this when like i'm talking about the chakras and um 
the planets and the signs, right? And I always say, you know, the, the, the crown chakra doesn't necessarily have a rulership, but I'm always saying Neptune and Pisces for them, right? Because it's these ending energies. So it's interesting to see that come back around into why I was tapping into it is because there is obviously a truth there around yeah. um, Pluto and Pisces having some sort of connection here. Yeah. Right. And that, mm-hmm. that death rebirth energy um, in that ending phase it is the ending of technically our solar system um although there's obviously so much more that we are discovering with you know aquarian technology um but it's interesting to bring all those into play as yeah like it's it's everything yep it is it's it's the all it's it encompasses our entire human experience spirit subconscious and matter that when you run away from Pluto, you're really just running away from your humanity. Hmm. Right. And I, these Pluto moments, we talked before we hopped on this call about like Pluto transits, because we're both going through heavy Pluto transits. I always say I'm in a Pluto transit, like for the rest of my life, that's just my (laughs) chart is like, it's either conjunction or opposition till I die, Mm. Uh, which is totally fine. I fix this, but you know, Pluto transits, are initiations yeah right they're initiations into something they're they're two to three years long they are not short they are not easy but they are initiations Mm -hmm. and so spirit matter and subconscious it's like we have to go through the initiation of all yes right the physical through it Mm -hmm. uh, the mental the it's like the underworld i always describe for my clients like pluto has to like crack open your earth so that you can Mm. see what's underneath but either needs to be detoxified either needs to be reclaimed you know fragmented like pieces need to be um you know put back in or Mm -hmm. taken out or like it's just this like unearthing yeah yeah it is and it really it really is it's the surrendering to that process Mm. is where your power actually is Mm -hmm. you know it's where you find it And if you're hungry for your own power, that would be the thing you would go toward, even Mm -hmm. though it's uncomfortable, it's leaning into the discomfort because that's where the alchemical magic is Hmm. leaning into the discomfort. And, you know, it's easy for me to say, right. It's like, Oh, just lean into the discomfort. (laughs) It is fucking painful sometimes and sometimes you and here's where knowing your humanity comes in is if you don't have the tools to deal with what comes up through that you get stuck in that place yes yes you don't have any way to put it to bed literally the episode I released before this one I literally talk about um, a conversation I had with Josh around he said something along the lines of, I thought we could go to hell and back together. And mm-hmm. I was like, the problem is you didn't come back. Right. Uh. Like he's, he's really, you know, moves through some stuff now um, that he's coming out of that place. But I, I, this was, you know, back maybe in July or August. And I literally was like, you didn't come back. Mm. Right. You stayed there because when we don't have the tools <laughs> or say it's your first big dark night of the soul, you can stay there. A lot of people stay there. Yeah, I definitely, before I had any tools, I was in my dark night for years. 
years because I didn't know what to do with it. And I ended up becoming incredibly numb. So we Mm -hmm. all have a way to deal with it. You know, some people rage, some people, you know, not in a great way. Some people disconnect or disassociate, which is also a very popular thing that people do. It's very common or they go numb. Yeah. This one and the same thing, disassociation, but I, I was sitting at this table right now. My friend was sitting across from me telling me her brother died and I felt nothing. Wow. And you, and I'm very empathic. You know, I feel Mm -hmm. lots of things, especially if someone else in front of me is upset. And I was like, that's how I knew I needed help because there was Mm -hmm. no, I wasn't moving through anything anymore. I was just staying in that place. And, you know, that's why I'm such a big proponent of learning human skills, like acceptance and forgiveness and all the things we want to just jump to, to make the pain go away. But there's an actual (laughs) process that you go through, you know, but without understanding all that, it's basically shame without understanding your shame and your vulnerability. It's really hard to move through. Yeah. You can get stuck. Definitely. And you spoke about, um, I think it was on the live we did a while ago, uh, which was, I think around something around like your self funerals, basically, but you spoke to, um, the space in between death and rebirth, right? We want to jump. We want to jump so quick to the rebirth. So it's either like we, um, stay in hell Mm -hmm. as an option. We stay down there. And so many people do look around at people in your life. Like there are many people who stay in that hell and they just live there. They set up camp, they set up their bed and they just freaking live there. Or, you know, the people that try to jump from hell to the rebirth without remembering the space between. So can you, can you speak to the space between? Yeah, of course. It's the the great pause. (laughs) It is. Yeah. You, you think about it in terms of reincarnation, let's just keep it uh, high level in general. So we can visualize it, visualize it is we're born into this body. We live, so we have a high point, right? Then we start to descend, you know, from midlife or whatever it is. The last, let's just, let's just be nice and say it's the last 10 years of your life. (laughs) We, we ascend, you know, until it's like time. And then the last couple of years of our life, we descend and we pass away. We don't immediately get reborn. Mm. We stay in the interworld, I call it the interworld because who knows where we actually go, right? <laughs> but we stay there and we do the processing, we do the healing, we do the whatever it is that we do. We, you know, I think of it like the life review, you know, mm-hmm. in, in human years, that maybe that takes years to do, you know, mm-hmm. and there it's like a snap and your life review is done. Same, same deal though. So when we're here, as above, so below, as we're living every cycle of our life, we do the same thing. The earth does the same thing. It is spring, summer, autumn, really long winter. Right? Winter, winter so always winter, feels winter, so winter. long. <laughs> Even when it's like a short winter, you know, like you're in California. So your winters are so different than, yeah. you know, winters here. But like, even when you get a short winter, you're like, damn, this winter. Right. And it's, you know, it, it, on the the first couple of weeks of winter, I'm from New York. So I remember real winters and (laughs) the first couple of weeks of winter are so cool. They're healing. You're eating nourishing foods. You're staying inside. (laughs) You're, you're, you know, reconnecting to yourself. And then February comes around and you're like, when the fuck is this over? Right. And then you still have another like three or four or whatever the 
the, the little gopher guy says it could be six more weeks. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> and and you're just like, is this over yet? Is this yeah. ready to be reborn? But you cannot force spring to happen Mm-mm. ever. Mm-mm. No, can't. No, not, not your personal course. springs. Not spring with Mother Nature. She's going to do her thing. Your cycles exactly. are going to do your thing. And you are nature. You are earth. You are of the earth. Yeah. You're an earthling, you so you cannot mm. force your spring. Literally like trying to force the moon to become full before it's meant to like, right. damn you moon be full. Like, no, mm. no, we never get mad at the moon for her cycles. No. Right. You know, some people might look at the full moon and be like, oh, here comes a crazy one, but we're never ushering the moon to speed up. No, we're just we like, oh, the moon can't. is, yeah, we and can't we have a faith. She will turn around and come literally, back, you know, like we don't have to worry that she's not going to keep moving. A hundred percent. So can we do that for our life? Right. Like we don't, Mm -hmm. even when we, when we get upset with winter, physical winter here on earth, um, we always trust it's going to turn around. Like we, we aren't like, well, that's the end. Yeah. This is it. Might as well just give up. I'll just be numb for the rest of my life. No, that doesn't work like that. And, and it is okay to want your pause to speed up. It's okay mm-hmm. to, it's human. to learn how to master your emotions so you don't get stuck. 100%. Right? So you learn the mastery and then you relax into the cycle. And I think that's what those pauses are for, mm-hmm. right? The initiation is for learning something. It is for mastering something. Okay. So this is a great like little segue and not even segue, but just like a point of, I've been tapping into this Mars retrograde. Okay. Cause mm-hmm. um, for those of you listening, Nikki and I both have our Mars in Gemini and this Mars retrograde is in Gemini. Um, and I've been tapping into what this means collectively. And then for me, and the energy has been around this, like, great pause Mm -hmm. of learning a new skill, learning a new mastery point. Okay. So for me, it's in my eighth house and it's very much for me around this, this new mastery, um, of occult knowledge. And that's what I've been ushered into in the last couple of months as Mars has been slowing down. It was like this pull, this pull, this pull. It was like, you have to do this now because it's been years of me wanting to do it. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden it was like, it's now it's like this great pause of this new mastery for me, this new lesson, new learning, new study, let's say mm-hmm. for me around occult knowledge. Now, obviously for you, yours is in your ninth, right? It's a, it, it depends. It's right on the cusp. Okay. Me too. Eight and nine. It, it plays with it depending on the house system. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So like, I'm interested to see if you are feeling any of that too, of like it being a great pause. Yeah. Where do I feel with this? for me. Um, it's a really interesting thing because I'm in the beginning of my personal year. So mm-hmm. I have a, mo- I feel momentum happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also lived my progressed Mars is 29 degrees of Gemini. So it's just like, basically like off just shuts off. <laughs> Mars just is off a lot for me, you know, just it hangs out. He's not retrograde when I was born, but it just like, <laughs> it's just click off for a few oh. years now. Um, and I am never, I don't know. I kind of get excited for retrograde. I do too. I don't know why. So for me to tap in, I am starting to go forward as I go in, if that's making any sense, like I'm totally. in a dimension where I'm kind of 
doing a little bit of both at the same time. I've got forward momentum, but I'm also feeling the pull to return to occult stuff because mm. I spent a lot of time speaking of emotional stuff, right? That's what I do when the sun's in my 12th house, right? We talk <laughs> about emotions. I launched Alchemize Your Vibe. That's my like, pers- it's like my mastery program, right? Of like learning how mm-hmm. to be a human. And now that's launched, we're going to start in a few weeks. And this is time to go back, Mm. back to to my roots, which are super occult and esoteric. You know, I have eighth house stellium. So it's just like Mm. everything is, everything (laughs) is occult and and of that, you know, nature. So yeah, I think I do feel sort of the same thing that that you're feeling just in a different um, octave, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm I love that. And I can definitely relate to like, there's forward momentum and there's, there is the the inward guidance and like gentle reminder for everyone listening as well. Cause I love that you touched on that, that each planet makes you go inward and it doesn't mean that everything stops, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can feel, um, a, a forward momentum in some areas because those planets are feeling they're, you know, they're like Pluto just went direct and I'm feeling so much power right now. Like yes, it's like same. raw, right? Yeah. I'm just like, I could go. Um, but just because Pluto is, you know, starting to find his momentum and I'm feeling powerful there doesn't mean that Mars won't like slow down. And I might have, you know, cause it's in Gemini, I'm going to have a mental slowdown, right? I'm going to have a, um, a guided, I'm going to be guided inward to work with my mental facets or, you know, my mental drive. And so you're going to feel, and I'm sure Nikki, you can relate, like there's forward momentum in all these areas. And then one of them, because it's in a big retrograde is like, okay, this is the one where I'm going inward. Yeah, absolutely. And there's something really important to remember that as a human, you get to feel and you're capable of feeling more than one thing at the same time. Oh my God. All the things all at once. <laughs> yeah. And like, so if you can start to hold, this is one of the most powerful things you can do as a human. If you can start to hold within you, the idea of paradox, mm-hmm. you can do anything. Oof. I love everything that. is paradoxical. So if a lot of us, ne- uh, you know, like without having any training, never grow out of the more childlike way to think, which is everything is one way, right. you know, it's, like linear. It, it's black and white, it's linear. Mm-hmm. It's just a development of, of your mind is really all you're doing. And mm-hmm. so the more paradox you can hold, the more perspectives you can hold, the more perspectives you can hold, the more ascended you can be. Cause that's mm-hmm. what 5d really is, is a way to understand everything from every perspective. Yes. So that's a, ascending really is incending. Hmm as above so below right you can incense yourself that doesn't make sense but you know (laughs) if you go inward Mm -hmm. learn how to expand on an inward level and hold a lot of paradox you actually expand your consciousness which is what ascending is yes i love that yeah oh my god okay so what a beautiful note to leave this off on because what a juicy conversation so juicy you mentioned the, the work you're doing now, I've seen alchemize your vibe, which I'm like, Oh, so delicious. Mm-hmm. What else are you offering? Cause this is going to be coming out and around. Okay. What are we on right now? This will be launching like November, mid November. 
right before we end Scorpio season. So how can my people work with you? How can they find you? What are you doing? I know, such a great question. (laughs) I am in the middle of like revamping all the things I'm doing. So I I honestly don't know. But when I tapped in, as you were asking, I was like, what am I doing next? And they're like, you're doing priestess training next. So I'm going to just stick with that. But I don't know how extensive that will be. But it's basically... um, I might try to find different levels of it, you know, some that are maybe a little monthly thing. And then mm-hmm. some that are, are one, I'm always open to one-on-one work that that is where I, the juiciest, these kind of conversations will happen on a regular basis yeah. with my one-on-one containers. But, um, priestess work basically is, you know, mastering your humanity to a point where you then can serve with those mm-hmm. mastery skills. So we learn a lot of very ancient, um, wisdom technologies that you can then serve with. So that's what that's all about. So I might have like a little monthly thing with that. And then I'll always have like the one-on-one version of that for people who are ready to like, you know, really take off. So yeah, that, that'll be what's next. Mm, I love that. And guys, I can attest to readings with Nikki are like crazy. She channels so (laughs) many things where you're just like, like it's so wild that she just pulls out these things that you almost like you know you weren't even putting in your own mind yet you hadn't even accepted in your own mind and then it comes out and you're like shit I guess I gotta deal with this in the best way I say that in the best way because you yeah. know it has to come out oh like our it reading- definitely comes out in a very the most <laughs> subtle way and yeah. it's the way that you pull on the subtleties that you go oh man I've been thinking about that for like six months now hundred like, percent right, time to do that. You know, I, it's never really like a, you haven't accepted your childhood. Like no. it never works like that guys. So no. It's like, she'll just pull cards or say words that you're like, well, haven't I been pondering on that and not admitting it to myself for yeah, yeah like six months. So your readings are, are so Thank healing. You. Yeah. What I've yeah. learned is, um, I am, a, an integration expert basically Mm. is what that is so it's taking all those pieces of you that need a space to live Mm. and once they have a place to live within you you have so much inner space inside of you for miracles to come through and that's the true gift of of those readings so whether we use astrology or cards or you know just channel it is always about creating space within you to let the space out there come (laughs) bless you (laughs) I love that so much. So to those of you listening, reach out to Nikki, if you feel called, you know, just follow her on Instagram, get to know her. Cause like her energy is addictive. I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for sharing your energy and your, your wisdom today. It's such an honor to have you on here. Thank you so much. That is such a beautiful thing to say. And I'm really blessed to be here every time we talk together. It's like, all the channels come out (laughs) and all the really awesome and interesting things that we go through I can't wait to to talk to you again so amazing thanks for having me thank you so much